Hello, welcome back to the podcast Control-Alt-Delete. I'm Emma Gannon, the host of the podcast and the author of the book Control-Alt-Delete, How I Grew Up Online, which is out now. So today's guest is the very amazing Gemma Kearney. So Gemma, if you don't already know, is a radio presenter who currently presents The Surgery on Wednesday evenings on BBC Radio 1 at 9pm. So Gemma, right before recording this podcast, she had presented um, Women's Hour and also covered for Jonathan Ross on BBC Radio 2, um, The Arts Show. In 2015, Gemma started her own production company called Boom Shakalaka Productions. The company produces various types of content, including podcasts for the likes of Elle magazine and theatre they recently produced a show about depression at the edinburgh fringe festival called my beautiful black dog which i saw last year and it was absolutely brilliant Gemma has also presented since 2008 the bbc's glastonbury festival coverage on tv a few weeks before recording this podcast Gemma announced her first book called open a toolkit for how magic and messed up life can be which comes out in march next year and i'm so so excited to read it so Gemma came round for a chat and i really hope you enjoyed this episode I absolutely love it and here it is so excited to have Gemma Kearney with me hello which is amazing quite surreal because I was listening to you last night on BBC Radio 2 at the moment I'm really getting around like I feel like I'm in everyone's faces (laughs) quite annoying I love it absolutely love it um but yes I've caught you at a really good time because you are well you've just had like a pretty mental week covering for women's hour amazing and releasing the news of your book yeah, it's been uh, an unexpectedly huge week, to be honest. Uh, there were things that I knew were that were going to go down that would be pretty life-changing, and then other things came up, like the opportunity to present Woman's Hour, which was incredible and terrifying. And then two days later, launching the book, the movement, as I'm calling it, and announcing its publication, which I've been working on, all year so yeah. it was really nice to tell people why I was acting quite strangely yeah. and spending a lot of time on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Did people sort of know or guess? Um, well I made it into a big fandango in, mm. in my style where I was like I've got this announcement I've got this secret announcement and weirdly like on some of my social feeds so my more personal ones like Facebook some of my friends were like when I first posted a picture of some champagne clinking, people were like, oh, are you getting married or are you having a baby? I was like, well, I'm obviously not having a baby because I'm drinking booze. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I'm definitely not getting married either. And it's like, it's so weird that announcement with a, a young woman is quite often associated with like a personal yes. announcement of of marriage or baby it kind of annoys me a bit sometimes because when I have like a work announcement it'll be like yeah okay cool well done but then someone will get engaged (laughs) and it'll be like a hundred million likes (laughs) and like all these messages I'm like it it made me want the announcement to be that I was bringing out an album and I was really close to because I was really making a meal out of it and I was like no one actually (laughs) really cares what my announcement is but I do so I was like ten minutes to go when it got to the final throws and this is mostly through my Instagram and Twitter like a lot of my friends and family by this point did know that I was writing a book they don't care but just I wanted to do this Instagram sort of thing and yeah. uh, and 
yeah, for a bit I was just like, should I just say that I'm writing an album? Because I really want to see how people react. That's so funny. <laughs> but I did because I was just like, that's just it's my own joke. Yeah. Like, it's not that funny to the outer world, but I just really wanted to see if the people would be up for it. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely <laughs> test that next time. If it was the nineties it'd be acceptable. Like, yeah. Everyone brought out an album, right? Yeah. <laughs> Literally everyone, you'd just be like, Here's my um single. <laughs> <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> I love that. No, but it really worked because I remember it was like ten o'clock on the day that you said you were announcing. I was doing a cookery course. Yeah. I was like, can I just go and check my phone? I was like, someone that I really like is announcing something. They were like, okay. <laughs> yes, it no, worked. So it really worked. That's cool. And it was oh. like three minutes post, 10 a.m. And I was panicking at my computer. Like, why have I done this? Why have I made it so dramatic? It's not like I have a team of people to help me announce this. It's just me with like 85 tabs open, freaking out I in bed. It. I love it. Go hard or go home. Like the video was amazing as well. Open, Open the book yeah. dot XYZ, which is apparently the new dot com. Ooh, mm. Oh my god, so <laughs> modern. Um, because you've had your obviously you've had your own show on BBC Radio One for ages, but then it was really cool when you announced that you were changing that up a bit and then doing the surgery. Mm. So how's that changed? Because that must have been a bit of a change in your schedule. Absolutely. I've done lots of different types of radio shows now. It's my eighth year at the BBC in, <gasps> in some capacity. Wow. And I'm quite the moonlighter, which I totally embrace and really enjoy popping up in different spaces mm. and across different networks. It's like you've been cloned, because I've got loads <laughs> of questions for you, and I was like, how, how has she done all of this stuff like at the same time? It's amazing. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of different things and and you know I'm not saying I've aced it all like some of it's really scary and some of it is just trying it mm. and and someone asked me a fellow DJ asked me the other day like how are you getting all this stuff and I was just like I don't actually know and I actually thought about it and one of the reasons is just because I've just spent loads of times in meetings mm. just saying yes and just pitching ideas and just trying it mm -hmm. even if it felt a bit out of my comfort zone yeah um but so in terms of like day-to-day -day radio and what i'm predominantly known for i do present the surgery now on radio one which is on a mm -hmm. wednesday night rather than the sunday slot which a lot of people remember it as that's where it launched many years ago mm -hmm. and it's really uh, iconic isn't it the i think so like everyone loves the it. surgery yeah and regardless of presenter people just like the format it's a call-in show it's a problem page on air mm -hmm. I am essentially an agony aunt, a big sister, a big gob, and then mm -hmm. we have a bona fide, classified uh, doctor in the studio who co-presents with me called Dr. Rada, who's awesome and super empathetic and just like really knows her stuff. So the two of us, we try to conquer all and we root each show in a different theme to try and give it a bit of a base. Mm -hmm. but you know, often something like uh, power, you know, a, a theme that we've done, or grief and loss or heartbreak, it can mean lots of different things mm. to lots of different people, but it just try and centres yeah. each show. And I've been doing that for over a year, mm. and before that I was on early breakfast for a year and a half, where I was getting up at 3am <gasps> Monday to Friday so I could oh go live at 4 before that, I'd done weekend breakfast for two, where I was getting up at five Saturday, Sunday. Like, I, I've so been through the massive, mill. <laughs> that's a massive shift in like your body clock as well. Yeah, I do think that one of the reasons why I feel as energetic as I do at the moment, and and that's to do with my personal life, like moving out you of look London. Fantastic, by the way. Really? Yeah. No, I You're look like pretty glowing. frazzled. I look frazzled. Maybe it's because I'm hungover and like, <laughs> <laughs> grey. Um, so I just feel like I can do all the things that I'm doing because 
I had it all in me before, but I was also really exhausted. Yeah. So I was the fact that I was doing like seventeen hour days and like coming in and out of town. So when I was doing earlies, I'd be on air for from four till six thirty a.m. Mm. I may try and go and do an exercise class. Like I don't even really exercise as much as I did, but it was partly to sort of save my soul. Yeah. And then I would go home, have a sleep, go back into London, have a meeting, and oh then gosh. try and find somewhere to sleep. Or, and you know maybe go back into Hackney have a sleep and then go back and do an evening event mm. and when you push yourself like that it makes you feel a little bit invincible yeah and uh, and now I do feel really like pleased with my time and mm. like I relish in it and have channeled the energy into the things that make me happy and I remember thinking to myself like I am in control of my destiny it's not really my bosses like I have to choose for myself like what makes me happy mm. and it's not about money and it's not about notoriety and fame it's about creativity yeah. and it's about passion and uh, being that exhausted really makes you really guttural and just that's when Boom Shakalaka my production company started whilst I was on that show because it just erupted out of me of like I need to be in control of some of the work that I'm doing I will choose the time slots I will choose the team I will pitch the idea and it's because yeah. that's what feet like that's what keeps my hunger going and it's not just waiting around you know in this kind of pecking order of hoping to be mm. moved to a different slot like I can't yeah. that doesn't make sense for my psyche no totally and I so I, I find it really inspiring when you see someone like and I think 20s are about like just like like work 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 and then like Rihanna always says and then you can like <laughs> slow down a little bit as well with like getting more experienced but the industry is like opening up in a different way now, isn't it? Because even with um, like the Fox problem, which I know like was how many like quite a long time ago. Maybe now, maybe. maybe it started like four years ago, and then we yeah. did two series, and, and that was like this kind of like it got so much attention. So it's like you can do your own thing. Yeah. So the Fox problem was a self-produced mad anarchic ode to the '90s studio format. Um, from myself and the other presenters. So all female, the three Gs, Georgia LA, who originally started on SBTV and is just an an awesome cherub-like creature who is super multifaceted and really funny. And then Georgie Oakle, who'd come off the back of T4 uh, and was just kind of on her ascent of presenting stardom and then T4 stopped. Mm -hmm. And it's just a badass, interesting, really great, when it comes to music taste, super cool lesbian Mm -hmm. and then uh, there was me and we kind of joined forces it was their idea and they asked me if I wanted to be part of this pitch and it was originally called the Lady Garden (laughs) and uh, and it soon became something different which was the Fox problem and it was just being able to do a live TV show that Mm -hmm. was like the things that we watched when we were younger so yeah we were were big fans of the girly show big fans of TFI uh, big fans of the word but doing it for the now so that meant a more female influence it meant having interactivity and using online and you know we we started conversations with telly but it was just taking so yeah. and you had like long. Richard Branson on Skype I know it's like it just it just proved it was like the first sign like I thought for me personally was like you don't really need to ask anyone yeah to just kind of do something it was so thrrilling for that reason we were constantly and we worked our ass off it we were in hysterics because <laughs> we were just trying to get people on this mad show that was live to YouTube and we, I remember like ringing Richard E. Grant off of di- direct messaging him off Twitter, um, 
just like all these incredible iconic people like old school agents who are saying my my legend is not coming on your show unless you've got a hundred grand oh and like we'd God. record the call because we found it so funny in the office <laughs> we'd do like script meetings in the pub on a Sunday whilst we had a roast and I'd get really angry with loads of people in the music industry because if I ever asked them to do anything for Radio 1 they'd do it at the drop of a hat but then it was just like do you want to come on our internet TV show and they'd just be like what and I was just like ah yeah. like it was infuriating exhilarating and it really was in in our own hands like we chose how the set looked we chose what came out of our mouths mm. you know we chose our outfits and we chose the dynamic of that show and i still i'm so proud of it and yeah if it sounds good like you should definitely watch it on youtube it's yeah still it's up really there. good it's mental but it's, fun. it's it's brilliant and then you could get i went to one of them in the live thing and it because it felt quite intimate but then you could go and catch up with it online it's genius but then with your um boom shakalaka productions it, that's the vibe of that i'm guessing like you you run everything and produce yeah. it from scratch i think that you know my whole career has like all been a weird amalgamation of everything that i've always believed in like i went to drama school originally and it going in this zigzaggy curly journey like makes sense mm. to me um, and Boom Shakalaka is very much spawned from that idea of DIY. I mean, when people ask me about my production company, it's not that I'm, like I'm trying to take over the world. Like, I don't, I don't feel like Oprah Winfrey. Like, I don't want to have a huge workforce. I just want to make projects that I believe in, mm. which sounds so worthy and putrid, but it's kind of true. And and bring great people together because I really believe in collaboration. Mm. Like, I'm just not interested in like madcore rivalry mm. um, and I felt when I was starting it like and same with Fox Problem like there was a lot of things missing so if I can go directly to some of the contacts that I've made over the years and be like let's do a podcast series um, let's you know do some visuals I want to make a short film and it's not just always me fronting it but being able to work with other people that I think are yeah. awesome it's just broadening the um, the options because mm. it's not one or the other as well which, which is what I love about what you do and also I wanted to bring up um, the documentaries yeah because it's almost like the, the main theme is like you're unearthing like human stories and like celebrating but also bringing up like issues so it's not all really like although when I think of you I think of like a ball of sunshine it's like you do bring up serious things as well and those won awards like that's amazing yeah it's pretty overwhelming I do have like this sort of natural tendency to veer towards instinct and like human experience mm -hmm. And I think that I've always felt like I have a responsibility um, in the public sphere and with a public profile that not to only try and represent like the fun side of life and to wear what I want and to let everyone feel like they should be themselves, mm. but also to kind of accept that it's not always easy. And that maybe stems from the fact that it hasn't always been easy for me. Mm. Um, it stems from the fact that I see that people aren't always having an easy experience. It really angers me when I see like a media portrayal of perfectionism mm. um, that's got out of control. I've, I was already on this kind of journey before mm. Instagram was a thing, yeah. but it's become rampant and it becomes like more in my belly. Um, and, and I just, uh, you know, after speaking to young women specifically, I just, I have a need mm. to say, to cut through some of the bullshit yeah. and just say like, it, it could be okay you could be amazing how you are um, and I think that diversity and I think that a representation of like highs and lows and just the real human yeah. experience is really important. Definitely. 
because I've, I've read in an interview I think that you did with the Telegraph about when you were doing casting and stuff and there was like this thing about like um, being girly and yeah. you were like well I'm just me and it's amazing when because I'm the same like I think that the best things in life come from when you're yourself and embracing things that once maybe you were like oh I'm a bit nervous about that because that makes me so different but then if you reverse it and you're like well I like that thing about me it, it opens up so much more because like to have your own show and to have your own voice and to have your own style that's so unique to you that's where all of this has come from and it, it's not easy to always be like that yeah and I do think at the beginning of my career I definitely used to fantasise about looking different because I felt like that would propel me more into a mainstream status and that particular example that I gave to the Telegraph uh, was just one of many different things that I would get battered at me as an as a as an unknown presenter or a mm. beginner or whatever an up and comer or whatever it is that you want to describe it which people still do like to me and I am in different spheres you know like mm. I covered a show on Radio 2 last night and that was the first time I've ever done that so it's kind of going back to the earlier days mm. of kind of proving yourself but and the BBC have always been incredible and really nurturing of me and I, I will always appreciate that no matter what happens but from a more commercial perspective um, from a bigger media perspective you know that and it wasn't the BBC that, that said this to me it was another channel um, and I wanted to go to a screen test and my agent was like why won't you just t- let her do a screen test the screen test isn't giving me a job it's literally standing in front of a camera mm. and, and trying it out um, as many of my peers were doing people that were less experienced I was just I was, everybody was going through this job and they wouldn't let me screen test because they said that I wasn't girly enough and I just did as an adjective I didn't quite understand that that. like what does that mean like it felt like it was really wrapped in many other Mm. things because I am a girl like yeah you know as far as last time I checked I was like (laughs) I had woman bits um but I don't really know what you mean by girly like I mean and it's that's so like um entrenched in like society they they, they don't even realize what they're saying Mm. what they're saying is like centuries old of like wear a dress and have long hair and and I do wear dresses so I really don't understand what they were trying to say yeah that's so crazy but do you think that we've got better role models now I was trying to think back at who I looked up to when I was younger and I was like oh I didn't have Lena Dunham yeah (laughs) like where where was that person or where was something that's different for everyone like you you want to see yourself and I don't think everyone is seeing themselves no I think that it is getting better because there are people like yourself and there are so many awesome people out there mm. just taking more risks and, and rebelling against the norm a little sticking bit. Sticking their fingers up a bit to that kind of girly notion and yeah. this cookie cutter ideal and just being like, it ain't always easy and this is me. Mm. Um, but I do think it's safe. I, I brought this up recently in an interview, like in the 90s, I do think that there was a more diverse representation. So role models I feel like you know that particular sweet spot that we were in Mm. of being kind of young with big kind of goggly eyes and looking at the Spice Girls without kind of over politicising their message or thinking about it too Mm. deeply or comparing it to like the Riot Girl scene or ever just being like wow they seem (laughs) really empowered like cool (laughs) I love Jerry's trainers yeah like she's just been rude to Prince Charles (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that was empowering like we were young enough for that to be empowering that definitely soaked in exactly and just seeing like people looking a bit scuzzy and wrecked on the big breakfast, <laughs> and uh, I, I just think yeah, that like you in know, a crusty t-shirt, yeah, <laughs> like hungover, absolutely no HD, 
like no lambasting online so they felt comfortable you felt comfortable watching it and people just looked a bit more normal mm. I do think that like there was a bit of a better representation going on in quite a nuanced way but there was like something going on for a period of time and I like, don't know what stopped it maybe reality telly mm. maybe social media maybe like the rise of cosmetic surgery or or just general image paranoia mm. but like suddenly like no one looked real anymore mm. no yeah. one I know it's really scary that like the in fashion look at the moment is like um like a like a cartoon yeah. it's like the massive <laughs> eyes and then like the contouring yeah, it's gone the other way. Yeah, and I mean, I'm talking very much about looks, but just, you know, just yeah. like loud, bold women, like different colour skins, different shapes, different types of clothing. This mm. Bring back like the scuzziness and just be a bit more honest. Yeah. So uh, you've recently moved to the seaside. Yeah. So I was just wondering, like, how is life kind of outside of London now? And like... Is it? It looks amazing. Oh, I'm having a good time. A lot of people were like, Jem, what are you doing? Like, there's been mixed reactions you know, at dinner parties. People being like, why would you leave London? That's going to be the death of your career. Or... It's quite a big, it's a big move. I think lots of people are like really thinking about it. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to become like the ambassador of getting mm. out of London. Um, but for me, it was just right. And I always think it's so personal, like where you live, like mm-hmm. the environment that you inhabit, like where are you at in your life? Where are you at? In uh, you, if you're in a relationship, where is that at? You know, uh, where are your friends? Like, who do you want to spend your weekends with? And what like, do where you... do you commute to as well? Yeah. It's not like you're miles and miles away. Exactly. Like you're still within the yeah, and like like what do you want to do with your spare time because mm. it's rare? So like, where does it? Where do you want to channel that? And for me, it just felt like this eruption of love for the seaside town mm. on the Kent coast, and it was like a pink sky, a tidal pool to swim in, like-minded people. But again, that's so personal. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like-minded people is separate to every single person. But mm. you know, there's a real creative bars, and I don't have the, the responsibility of children, and um, I have a lounge that overlooks the sea. Mm. And for me, that's very therapeutic. And jumping into cold water is, I'm finding, like, that's pretty amazing. sensational and, like, I'm pretty obsessed with it. And yeah. some of my best friends, like, my oldest best friends, live 10 minutes walk from me and they hadn't for a long time. So cool. And it feels, it feels good. I mean, sometimes I feel a bit in flux with my, like, mini suitcase, just, like, <laughs> in and out. And, um, but it helps me prioritise and it means that I can say no to things, like, you know, pointless meetings. Mm. Done enough of, like, guilt-ridden, like, yeah. I have to get across town. I've heard that before, actually, with people who have moved away. It's it's cutting out the... Um, it, it's a natural barrier. Mm. It's like, like, physically can't come to the meeting. Yeah. But I didn't need to go anyway. Absolutely. Um, and being able... And, like, weird stuff, like, being in, like, the big open air, so, like, more kind of holistically and, like, about, like, the natural world. So not just, like, oh, it's really fun, like, we can all get drunk in a party by the sea and being in a <laughs> clique. It's, like, kind of beyond that. It's, like, the light and the skate gives you perspective like really strange things that I've noticed so I don't check my phone as much because it's just like easier getting from A to B so I'll meet my friends like within 15 minutes for a pint and there's one place that we you know one to two to three places that we go rather than 35 and um and it's just simplified and it makes your like your human actions like Mm. much more chill and you know there's you have to have cash all the time because there's no cash points really so it just makes you way more kind of back to basics and for me that that was kind of necessary I really I needed it at this point in my life and being able to do 
one show a week on the radio in terms of contract obviously I do lots of other things mm. it was the time to try it yeah. and just to be brave and once you unlock yourself from the city it's pretty liberating because you're like I can come back if I want mm. I'm in control of my own life I'm in control of my own time <laughs> and like and I don't have to be here mm. yeah exactly change your mind at any time yeah but it's good to have a bit of perspective isn't it because like whenever I leave London I'm like oh I really am in a bubble yeah like this is kind of bad sometimes like, yeah there is life outside of it and also as humans we don't always need to be like on the go at all times yeah and people aren't gonna like go away oh no like, if you don't Instagram for a day <laughs> no one's gonna like forget you exist it's fine it's gonna be okay <laughs> yeah I promise <laughs> oh thanks Jen. thank you so oh, much really thank, thank you, you. If you like this episode, please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes. It would mean so much to me. Also, um, tweet me at girllostincity on Twitter. I'd love to hear your feedback. So thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week. <laughs>